it really is just a moral question at what okay. point that that kind of fetus has rights mm -hmm. and at what point does the fetus the rights of the fetus outweigh the rights of the person carrying. My name is Nick Nagarko and you are locked into Culture TV. For the culture, by the culture. Let's go. Sam, thank you so much for coming down today. Hi, nice to meet you. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm all right, how yeah. are you? Yeah, I'm all right, you know. Um, so, I think we thought it'd be really good to, to chat to someone like yourself with, with there being so much in the press about abortion at the moment. Um, it's definitely a relevant subject and something that I think a lot more light can be shed on. Mm -hmm. um, so you work for a company called BPAS, which is the British Pregnancy Advisory Service. Yeah, I got it right. Um, tell me a bit about that then. Yeah, so we're actually a charity and okay. an abortion provider. So we see over 100,000 women and pregnant people a year. Yeah. We advise on um, pregnancy choices. So mm -hmm. if someone's pregnant and they're not sure <coughs> what they're doing, we mm -hmm. provide counselling. Yeah. Obviously, we provide abortion services that yeah. are from the NHS. Um, we are also opening up a fertility centre this mm -hmm. year. So we'll be expanding into like IVF and preserving fertility for trans patients before they medically transition. Mm -hmm. um, and we also have the Center for Reproductive Research. So we, we do a lot of research and kind of studies into um, reproductive and sexual health as well. Right, okay. So I'm sure you're gonna be a bit more clued up on this than me. Uh, we're seeing a lot in the news about what's happening in Texas. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what, what the, the, the Texas abortion laws are? So it is a little bit complicated. Okay. Um, essentially, it hasn't been outright banned. It's not legally passed to say that you cannot access abortion. Mm -hmm. But what it is, is that um, anyone who has helped someone get an abortion mm -hmm. over six weeks gestation can be sued by a private citizen for up to £10,000. Okay. So that's anyone including the person who got the abortion, mm -hmm their partner, any nurses or doctors involved, even the Uber driver who took them there can be fined for up to £10,000. For assisting in that process? Yeah. So okay. it's essentially like a, a bit of a bounty <clears throat> hunter. That's a very strange, that's a strange way of going about it. It is. I don't think they were able to fully outlaw it. So they kind of found a way around it that puts the onus on private citizens. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a, that's a huge amount. So it could really bankrupt some people. Yeah. And when does that, that's come into effect now, hasn't it, I believe? Yeah. Was it like yesterday or something like that? A couple uh, of days I ago? think it was a couple of weeks ago, actually. Was it a couple of weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, okay. when it came out. So, <clears throat> clearly they're very non-pro-choice. But in the UK, it's a quite a pro-choice system, mm -hmm. I suppose, and in Northern Ireland. But it's different in Southern Ireland, is that correct? Um, so I'm, I know more about Northern Ireland because it's yeah. part of the UK. Yeah. Um, but it's still two different systems there. So okay. Uh, the original <clears throat> legislation was the oh fuck I can't remember what it's called. Um, oh, it's the the original legislation was Acts Against the Person. Yeah. And that was from I think it's 1860 something. It was literally from Queen Victoria that outlawed right. abortion originally. Um, and then we got the Abortion Act in 1967, mm -hmm. which allowed abortion in England, Scotland and Wales yeah. under a specific set of circumstances. Yeah. It still has to be signed off by two doctors to be legal. There's a lot of kind of um, legal 
clauses yep. to get in it. Yep. <clears throat> in Northern Ireland, they the abortion act was not extended to them. Right. So they've literally only had access to legal abortion services in 2020. Before that, they would have to travel or they would have to procure um, abortion pills from the internet and risk kind of imprisonment or fines. Abortion pills from the internet? Yeah. Well, that sounds dodgy, doesn't it? It does in some cases, it is dodgy, um, yeah. but there are providers <clears throat> who will provide safe stuff like Women on Web, yeah. who provide abortion pills to people in Northern Ireland, right. or have done yeah. recently until it was made legal. Mm -hmm. So although it's legal in Northern Ireland now, yeah. the issue is actually commissioning services. Yeah. So a lot of services aren't commissioned or they aren't given the kind of funding and infrastructure that's needed to provide abortion services long term. Yeah. So a lot of them might set up and start running yeah. and then they close. Yeah. So we're still seeing a lot of people from Northern Ireland who either have to travel quite long distances within mm -hmm. that country mm -hmm. or they have to come over to England mm -hmm. or Wales to get abortions yeah. or they're getting the pills online. I think it's crazy that a government or a political body can have a say in what a human being does with their body mm -hmm. do you know what i mean yeah whether that is in terms of abortion or or anything i think it's crazy that we have a system that even in this day and age in 2021 allows that so you're saying that queen victoria 1867 passed that initial law to out to outlaw abortion yeah the offenses against the person act so we're still working with legislation that's what about 150 160 years well, old now yeah 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 it's completely outdated. It's not fit for purpose. Yeah. Even the Abortion Act of 67. Mm -hmm. What's, tell me about that. What, what does that say? So legally, you have to have it signed off by two doctors. Mm -hmm. Until March last year with the coronavirus pandemic, mm -hmm. you could only um, have your treatment in clinic. Mm -hmm. So if you... Obviously, if you're getting a surgical one, it's going to be in clinic. Yeah. But medical abortions, you had to go and be seen in clinic. You'd have to have your scan. Yeah. You would um, take the first pills there. Mm -hmm. And recently, it was legislated that you could take the second set of pills at home, which would really induce the abortion. Right. So that it's a more comfortable experience. So you, previously, if you were taking both sets of pills mm -hmm. in the clinic, you might start bleeding on the way home. You mm -hmm. might start to kind of lose pregnancy products on the yeah. way home. It's painful, you know, awkward, embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Um, but now you can take them at home. Mm -hmm. um, and the more recent shift has allowed people to take both sets of pills at home. So it's telemedicine now, mm -hmm. which means that you can basically call up, have your consultation over the phone. Mm -hmm. They'll try and figure out how far along you are from when your la the date of your last period was. Yeah. Um, and as long as it's within the legal limit, you can take, you can have the whole experience in the comfort of your own home, mm -hmm. which is to protect you from the pandemic yeah. and to obviously make it a lot easier, yeah. um, especially for people who are vulnerable. So if you're in a domestic abuse situation, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's obviously a lot more comfortable to take it at home than to yeah. have to find an excuse to leave the house yeah. and take, have those hours away from home and a partner who might be watching and controlling and it's what you're doing. it's an ordeal as well, isn't it? I mean... It's not it's, a nice experience to go through it, is it? It's not the best experience, no. I think we, we kind of try and steer away from saying, you know, this is the worst thing that can ever happen because I think it's one in three women by the age of 45 will have had an abortion here. Mm -hmm. So it's like a pretty common experience. For some people, it might be really traumatic and really horrible, but mm -hmm. for others, it's going to be quite run-of-the-mill. Yeah. I, I suppose it depends on the circumstances around the pregnancy, the reasons why they don't want to have keep a child. Mm -hmm or can't keep a child or wh whatever this scenario is. I suppose all of those things will, will play a factor into the experience that that individual goes through 
when making that decision, I suppose. But at what point, at what point is your advice to not have an abortion? Like, at what point in the length of the pregnancy does it? Because I suppose there is there is a case of at what point does the fetus become a human? Just do, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. At what point in that in that timeline would you say would, would your advice is as as B pass be to like okay I think you've gone to, you've gone too far now with the pregnancy it's too late to have an abortion that's what a lot of the kind of <clears throat> legislation is based around at okay. what point does this fetus have kind of more rights yeah. than the person carrying it mm -hmm. um so legally you can't have an abortion in this country after 24 weeks unless it's for like very serious reasons if it's yeah. a risk to the mother's life or to the fetus's life so it would be in cases of serious like fatal fetal anomalies mm -hmm. things like anencephaly where mm -hmm. um the skull hasn't formed properly so yeah. the baby will either die in the womb or shortly after birth okay and it's things like that that um i don't think a lot of legislation takes into account when mm -hmm. it's very anti-choice yeah when it's like actually a lot of people are getting abortions because not just because their lives might not be ready for that child, yeah. but also because their life might be at risk. Yeah. The life of the exactly, baby might yeah. be at risk. And that's very traumatic to still have to carry a child yeah. that you know is going to die. Yeah. That's not something that I think anyone should have to deal so, with. So that, so, that is, so that is not excluded from the legislation? So you'd still have to ha carry that child even if they... In the UK, <clears throat> we yeah. have um, exceptions for things like that. Right. But when you're looking at places like Texas... There's no exception for it. There's no exceptions. There's wow. no exceptions for rape, for incest. The really? only exception I know of in that law is that if um, someone has been raped, they cannot be sued by the person that's raped them for having the abortion. Yeah, that look of confusion's right. That's insane. Wait a minute. Sorry. So, if you are raped... Mm -hmm. Person X rapes person Y, for example. This person who then says, right, you need to have this baby aborted, is legally free to push that person to have the abortion. But in a normal scenario where someone has got pregnant and it's the wrong decision for them to keep the child, say the couple decide together mm. that they don't want to keep the child, the person making that decision with the other person, would then be liable to be sued. Have I not explained that very well, have I? No, you haven't. Okay. <laughs> right. So in which case, so in which case, what what I mean is the rapist is free of charge to push his victim into an abortion, whereas a consensual pregnancy that has then that has resulted in mm -hmm. deciding to yeah, not yeah. continue with it is illegal. Is that, is that what you're saying, basically? Almost, yeah, about that. So it's not that they're, like, free of charge to push someone into an abortion, but they can't sue the person for having an abortion. That's the only time that right. they, that, that person who's had one yeah. can't be sued by right. that okay, specific right. yeah, person, yeah. but I think other people might still be able to. Right. Fuck. Yeah. It's nuts. That is nuts. Mm. That makes absolutely no sense at all. No. And especially... But the, just, like, why? Who came up with that? Anti-choices, people who want to control women's bodies. And is that a religious reason why they're anti-choice over there? Uh, yeah, definitely in Texas. It's, it's in the Bible Belt. It's a very religious state. Mm. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the conversation from like fetal rights and the kind of um, conception and that yeah. sort of thing like 
does life begin at conception? That's where that comes from in that state. Mm -hmm. What does science say? <sighs> do, you, do you have a more specific question on that? Because I don't know if I can answer what science says. I mean, like, at what, at what point? When I, so when I say what does science say, mm. I mean, what is the what would the data suggest say that at this point, the it, this stops becoming a fetus, it becomes an unborn human who can feel pain, mm. who is aware, and who would essentially be killed by an abortion. At what point in the pregnancy does that? Because a fetus, essentially, I mean, like a fetus is, it's just, it's a, it's an organism at this point, isn't it? It's not necessarily. So a fetus is a baby, but until that point, it's an embryo. Well, okay, so an embryo. So, um, but scientifically, there's, it's, it's, I don't think it's really a scientific question. It really is just a moral question. At what okay. point that that kind of fetus has rights, mm -hmm. and at what point does the fetus, fe the rights of the fetus outweigh the rights of the person carrying it? Yeah. Where do you stand on that? I think it's always going to be the right of the person carrying it. Okay. Even, even in like the third trimester. That's a pretty sticky situation. It's only it's only going to be legal in a certain mm -hmm. under certain circumstances. Yeah. Um, and I think it's always going to be a personal decision. Yeah, I think where I where I would stand on it would be that I think in the scenarios that you painted to me of a baby that would be born, die soon after, or be be born into a lot of pain and then mm, death, yeah. or that could put a lot of risk to the mother. I think in that case, at any point during a pregnancy, I think there should the woman should have the right to, to take charge of that situation and no one should ever be allowed to intervene within that. Mm -hmm. I can understand, I, I am a pro-choicer. I believe that women should have the right to do whatever they want with their bodies. Um, but I would be lying if I didn't say that uh, I would be unsure about at what point where my moral ground would be, at what point does that become a baby and not mm -hmm. a feet? And then, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, after six months, 24 weeks, yeah. you can't legally kind of access abortions for like, just because you've changed your mind. Yeah. Um, and it would be surgical after that point anyway, yeah. which is kind of, there's some restrictions around that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think another, another scenario that I think is, should be considered carefully as well is when a woman who is being reckless with her body regularly and having abortions on a regular basis because she she won't use contraception mm. or something like that where they've had you know i heard of a, a woman who'd had like abortions in the 20s like more than 20 abortions now at what point is it like this needs to stop like you can't, A, it's not good for her. It can't be good for her having an abortion over and over 20 times. Multiple abortions don't affect your fertility. Do they not? No, there's no evidence of that. Would it not damage your body though at some mm -mm. point? No, it's completely safe. So what actually happens when you have an abortion? What, what, what's the actual physical process? It depends whether you're having surgical or medical and at what point, because there's different kinds of okay. surgical abortion. Okay. Um, if I speak from my own experience, so uh, medical abortion will be two sets of pills. Mm -hmm. So you'll take the first ones and they start to, in, um, they kind of end the pregnancy. So, yeah. you know, there's not like the nutrients going to it, yeah. the baby stops growing. And then the second set of pills um, brings on like a labor. So you'll start to lose 
the pregnancy yeah um you'll bleed eventually you will like kind of have to deal with the pregnancy coming out of you yeah and however you figure out with that um surgical abortions you can be you can have like local general anesthetic you can be sedated but still awake yeah um and they will generally vacuum it out right and what sort are they painless experiences or does it just vary on the individual i think it varies i wouldn't say it's painless i think anyone that's having an abortion should be prepared with painkillers and like a hot water bottle yeah usually it's not going to be much worse than like bad period pains mm-hmm. um if it is then someone should definitely kind of seek some advice yeah. and, from the health services mm-hmm. um it's quite it's quite a straightforward experience usually right so when you're dealing with like uh say um a woman who's come into to your practice and mm. and they're they're conflicted about whether they should keep the child or mm-hmm have an abortion how how do you as an agency and as a charity approach a situation like that so we have a lot of safeguarding procedures mm-hmm. in place so if someone's unsure first and foremost we won't be proceeding on the day mm-hmm. we need someone to be sure of their decision yeah um we can uh direct them to our counseling services so it's just a pregnancy counseling yeah we won't say you should do this or you should do that we'll yeah. simply talk it through with them yeah any concerns they might have either way discuss the facts basically yeah exactly Mm -hmm. just so they've got like an outside point of view that will help them figure out what they want to do what the right choice is Mm -hmm. um but we will make sure that no one's kind of pressuring them that they're not at risk of any kind of uh violence or coercion to to either have an abortion or not have one Mm -hmm. um but ultimately the decision is always going to be up to the person themselves yeah and it is a difficult decision, I suppose, for many people. But I think more awareness, I think, because there's so much stigma from mm-hmm. both sides of the argument, I think, attached to this subject, I think then ultimately it's it's the woman who will suffer in that scenario. Do you know what I mean? Because they may, they may be conflicted because of what they're seeing in the news or, or what they're seeing online about abortion. Mm-hmm. And also, which I thought, which is, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on here is to sort of explain how that process can work and that if you if the right if the decision if the decision that you make is that you don't want to continue with a pregnancy it can be carried out safely in a way that you will be comfortable mm-hmm. you won't be made to feel like a baby killer or whatever the 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 ter- people are throwing around online um, and I think that's the sort of messaging that kind of needs to hit home really yeah on this subject how long have you been working in this field for uh a few years on and off so i worked with um the sexual sexual health charity fpa originally Mm. and i've done quite a lot of kind of what's that uh so they're no they're no longer running they were the uk's longest running sexual health charity yeah so it's the family planning association okay yeah. and they worked on a lot of kind of section and reproductive health their northern ireland branch is now informing choices northern ireland so they yeah. work specifically on providing abortion services in northern yeah. ireland um when that closed i kind of took on a bit of a bat on myself mm-hmm. and did a lot of advocacy work in the media talking about my abortion experience mm-hmm. because of the kind of shame and stigma that we see around those conversations usually yeah did, um, you, did you feel that yeah really yeah i've been called a murderer have you yeah really by multiple people for having an abortion mm. that's crazy yeah 
And I think it, there's a very specific type of stigma that comes with having had more than one abortion as well. Mm-hmm. When you have your first one, then people might be like, oh, people make mistakes, you know, yeah. things happen, you can't always yeah. plan. The second time, it's kind of like, well, you're a bit of an idiot, isn't you? Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't you learn from the first experience? <clears throat> why didn't you put something in place? But mm-hmm. you can't, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be some way that it happens. You yeah. can't plan for every single eventuality. No, you can't hack. No, and especially because your reproductive age mm-hmm. can be anything from like 13 to like 45. Yeah. That's quite a long time. It's that's a, a big, that's a lot of opportunity yeah. to get pregnant. Yeah, it is. Twice as well, easily. Yeah, exactly. Easily, yeah. Um, but I think there's, yeah, I think there's quite a lack in conversation about that actually. Yeah. So how did, how did that make you feel when you, when you were called those sorts of things? Uh, it, it really hurts. Really? I think it's fine when you kind of get it from the anti-choice lobby and people that don't know you. But yeah. when it's like more personal directly, mm-hmm. that's really painful. Really? That sucks, yeah. Especially when it's people that kind of really know and understand the situations that you've been in. Yeah. So was it people who you know who would, who would talk to you like that? One was actually a therapist. That what? I, yeah. A, a, someone you were paying? I had to pay her £60 to call me a murderer, you know? wow so wait a minute how did she say so you're sat there on the couch Mm. with a box of tissues on the table telling her about how you're feeling about going through a traumatic experience Mm. and she what did she say exactly uh that i i shouldn't tell anyone else about it that i'd had my opportunities for children and i killed my two babies and that yeah i was generally a bad person and i should keep it a secret which is why i decided not to keep it a secret wow that is great. And has she still got a job? I expect <clears throat> so, yeah. Wow. A therapist? Mm. I do want to say that not all therapists are like that. No, of course not. And you're not. especially not going to find no, that from just, B-Pass counselling services. You just got a bad egg. Yeah, a very bad egg. No, of course not. But that is crazy mm. to think that in, a, in that scenario, someone could be that insensitive to say that. Yeah. That's crazy. That she can even bring her personal opinion to it. Because as a therapist, you're supposed to stay fairly neutral, aren't you? Yeah, I feel like you should be detached from it. Yeah. Wow. So how did you deal with that then? Uh, cried a lot. Yeah. I, I've been quite public about my abortion experiences. And I, I've actually... The overwhelming experience has been positive. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, because I've been public about what I went through, mm-hmm. have then chosen to come to me either when they're considering it mm-hmm. or when they're pregnant and they're not sure what to do. Yeah. And they're afraid. And I think that is really valuable. I think the most important thing that I could have experienced was having like support from other women, mm-hmm. like that community, other yeah. people that have talked me through it and told me this is what you can expect, this is what might happen. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, the issues you might encounter, how you might feel about it. Yeah. That has been the most helpful thing. Yeah. So what would be your advice? Let's say there's someone watching this now who's pregnant. They don't really know what to do. Mm. They're not sure if they want to keep it or if they, if they want to have it go through an abortion. What would be your advice to someone like that? I think definitely talking to people you know are safe to mm-hmm. talk to because not everyone's going to... Judge. Yeah, some people are going to be judgmental. Mm. And yeah, seek out the people that aren't going to be judgmental in your life. Mm. Talk openly and honestly about what your fears are, whether it's your fears about raising a child Mm. or your fears about abortion. 
see if you know anyone because I bet you'll know people you'll absolutely know people who have gone through it or you'll have a friend of a friend who can talk you through yeah. the process um and just prepare as much as you can find as much information as you can make use of all the services available to you definitely mm -hmm. get counseling because emotionally you, your hormones going to be going crazy because you're pregnant yeah your body's changing it's mm -hmm. quite it's quite a difficult experience, difficult experience being pregnant and not being able to celebrate it because yeah. you're always told that that's the ideal experience. Yeah. So when you're not sure about it, it's quite difficult to know what to do with those feelings. Mm. But just talk about it and seek other people's advice and experiences as much as you can. And is B-Pass just centred in London or is that available? B-Pass is across the UK, yeah. Is it? So they can find a B-Pass centre? Yeah, absolutely. Pretty you much can anywhere. Find us online, call up for a chat. Um, yeah, there'll be someone that can help you out. So Sam, tell me a bit more about telemedicine. Sure. So um, telemedicine was only introduced in March of last year due to the pandemic. Right. So what exactly is telemedicine? So it's all done over the phone. It's pills by post, essentially. So yeah. if you are pregnant, you can yeah. call up, have some counselling sessions. Um, over the phone? Yeah, and a yeah. consultation over the phone with BPAS. Um, and if you are eligible, so if you're eligible for medical abortion mm -hmm. before, I think it's nine weeks, yeah. um, you can receive your pills by post. So this is only a temporary measure at the moment. MPs, How do they check if you are up to nine weeks pregnant without being consulted? It will be based on the phone consultation. So right. they'll ask when the last date of your period was and right, things like okay. that um, to figure out how far along you might be. Yeah. Generally, we, we, generally, we make quite a good estimate on it because yeah. most people will realise about kind of six, seven weeks from their first, period. from when they've, yeah, when right. they've just missed their period. Yeah. That's when they'll know. Yeah. Um, and you can have your abortion completely in the comfort of your own home. You'll be sent the pills. Yeah. We'll kind of do follow-up checks and stuff like that. Yeah. But ministers are, they've, they've had a consultation. The consultation is now closed as to whether to make it a permanent aspect of abortion care, mm -hmm. but they might revoke it. And if it's revoked, mm -hmm. that means that they are effectively recriminalizing at-home abortions. Really? Yeah, so legally- So wait a minute, was it criminal? Go on, I'm, I'm putting in there, go on. Well, legally, if you if you had an abortion at home, yeah. you could either face like a big fine or you could be sentenced to life in prison under the Abortion Act, which is why it's not fit for purpose. Is that the original Vic Queen That's Victoria one? That's the 1967 one. one. The, na the, the 1967 mm -hmm. one? Yeah. You get life. It's legislated that it has to be signed off by two doctors and it has to be done in a clinic. Yeah. Um, so because with a maximum sentence of life imprisonment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's not fit for purpose at all. Um, but it's really important that we keep pills by post, mm -hmm. especially because it's so difficult for some people to access it. If they're yeah. in a rural area mm. and it's what like two hours to their nearest clinic. Yeah. That's that's not. <sighs> and also, not like there may be people living in certain situations with a partner they don't particularly mm -hmm. want to be with or a domestic violence situation or in, in certain religious backgrounds, women can't get out of the Absolutely. house in the same way. Yeah. And they may have to do this almost in secret. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? While they repair their situation or try and... So to change, to take that away, puts a, a large group of people in a more vulnerable situation. Yeah. 
And with the introduction <coughs> of telemedicine, we've mm. actually seen it's become much safer and much mm. more efficient because it happens at an earlier gestation. So yeah. with telemedicine, it generally happens around six to seven weeks. Well, they're going to jump on it straight away when they realise where they're at. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, you're booking with a doctor. That takes two weeks. So that's another two weeks down the pregnancy. Yeah, basically. And it cuts you, out a lot of the middle And it's another man. week to get into another clinic. It's like, yeah, it cuts out a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. So they need to keep that in, don't they? Absolutely, yeah, it's really important. Are you, and are you guys advocating hard for that at the moment? Yeah, it's a big part of our um, abortion provision at the moment. Mm -hmm. Most people are having telemedical abortions. Mm -hmm. I think it's something like 89% of people. Wow. Yeah. So that's really took off then since... And that's just since the pandemic? Yeah, because it was to protect people against getting the virus. Mm -hmm. um, and we were also struggling to provide them because our staff members were getting the virus. Mm -hmm. So they oh, really? couldn't be there, whether they were having to isolate or they were sick themselves. Yeah. We couldn't provide Deliver. it whilst we were dealing with this virus. Right. Um, so it was a solution to that. So at what point during the pandemic did that come into play? That was March 2022. Um, that was March 2020. And so they, they came quick with it then? Kind of. They U-turned on it initially. So initially they said they weren't going to provide it. Right. Then they put up a statement on the website that said, yes, we're going ahead with telemedicine. Yeah. Then they said that uh, that was put up by mistake and that wasn't going to happen. That's a joke, innit? And then they put it in place. Wow. I've never seen any government U-turn so much no. on so much as this government. It's almost like they'd put some out there see what the reaction was. All right, we're getting blasted for this. All right, we'll do the other one. Mm -hmm. Oh, everyone likes this. All right, we'll stick with that. It, there was no like, it was a complete, they were completely reactive to all of this. There was no proper planning in place or, or anything, was it? They just, they dealt with everything literally. It felt like on the day. Mm -hmm. Oh, we'll do it today. Was it Tuesday? All right, deal with abortion today. What, how do we find out what the best thing to do is? I don't know, tweet something and let's see what everyone says. Basically, yeah, we found out because they just updated their website. Um, but they have all the evidence to show that it's safe, it's efficient. Mm -hmm. This is coming from the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, right. from um, from BPAS and ourselves, yeah. from MSI Choices. Yeah. Everyone who provides abortion, who works in this sector, can see that it works, it's yeah. safe, it's effective, and that it actually provides service for a lot of people who couldn't access it before. Yeah. So to revoke it just doesn't make any sense. Is there a petition online or anything like that? There's no petition, but we are encouraging people to email their MP yeah. in their local area to ask them to keep it. Okay. Right, well, there's a link to email the MP, email your MP link, which we'll put in the description on this. Yeah? Yeah, we'll do we that. We have a link for that. Brilliant. Do you have a link for that? We do, yeah. Yeah, we send it us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I do remember the email your MP link, but yeah, if you can send it us, even better. Brilliant. So what else do you guys um, do at BPAS? Um, so as well as providing abortions and doing a lot of kind of research into sexual reproductive health, we're also going to be launching our new fertility treatment center this year. Okay. So it's only in London to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously it's going to be serviced in the whole of UK. Yeah. Um, and we will be kind of running the gamut of the full fertility treatment yeah. services. So it will be kind of egg collection, um, sperm collection, IVF. Uh, we're also going to be preserving fertility for trans patients before they medically transition. So what? Do, so explain what, what, what you mean by that. 
Um, so if people medically transition, the hormones that they take mm -hmm. can kind of change their fertility. So for example, if a woman is going to become a man, but they want to have keep the ability to have a child mm -hmm. in the future, they can freeze their eggs basically. Yeah. But then would they have to get a surrogate for them eggs? Uh, if it, they were to medically transition? Potentially, it depends on who their partner is and what kind of family setup they're looking for oh, okay, in the future. Right. But, would the, but the drugs essentially could, the drugs or the medicate, the, whatever the procedure is mm -hmm. to transition would could, could affect your ability to give birth or, or have a child in the future. Yeah, so right. we're making sure that they have those options in the future. Yeah. What we essentially want to do is kind of widen out uh, pregnancy choices and kind of family choices for yeah. everyone. So yeah. that it, because it's not just... So it's just more inclusive all around, Exactly. Basically. It's not just cis women who need it. It's not just straight couples mm. who need help with IVF and stuff like yeah. that. It's everyone. Yeah. Um, and we really want to make it available to everyone. And I think it's good that we're, as a society, we're kind of embracing diversity a mm -hmm. bit more. Well, a lot more than we used to. Yeah. And everyone's different. And I suppose within that, everyone has their own rights to be different, and but also the rights to, to live a life as they want to live it. Yeah. So I think it's good that there's charities and organisations being able to provide a service like that. I don't think it'll be happening in Texas, though. I don't think it'll be happening there. No, I don't. <laughs> Sam, thank you very much. Thank you.